So this morning, I have something on my heart to share with you all, and um, it's a word that we, we throw around a lot. It's a word we use nearly every day of our lives, and um, it can become a common thing and a very usual thing that we, we go about and say every day. But the last couple of days, as I was been meditating on what I felt the Lord wanted to say, I, I felt this militance and this vigilance uh, and this roar inside of me wanting to know Him more, wanting to know more about this. And what I'm going to speak on this morning is, if you need a title, it's follow after love. And this morning, I'm not going to talk about love as a very cute, nice thing. We know it's a fruit of the Spirit. And, and actually, it's not just one of them. It's the first and foremost fruit of the Spirit. And this morning, I want to say that love, true love, is the bedrock of every other virtue as a believer. Every other virtue, every other fruit, Every other gift, love is the bedrock from which those things grow. And so, you know, sometimes we, well, we read the word where it says, you know, become vessels of honor. We've got to be really careful what we fill these vessels with these days because we so want to pour out the love of Jesus, but we need to know and grasp what true love is. And so my heart this morning is not just mere words. Um, and not just theory, things that you know, but I, I really do pray in the Spirit that you pick up the heart of Jesus, the heart of the Spirit for now. Because if there is any prophetic bone in my body, which I think there is, I would declare and prophesy today that love is the key. Love is the key for this hour. And maybe you're thinking, say, oh, Jane, that's so cute. But love is the key. There's, I want you to be clothed with love today. I want you to be armored with love today. Armored. <laughs> Not armored. <laughs> armored. The armor of love. And, and maybe it's something new for you. Maybe you've just, you know, we, we can't uh, compartmentalize things. And we put things in little boxes, and we it's safe. But I, I actually just want the love of God to just rush through this place. I want it to rush through the airwaves today and to grab hold of you and clothe you and get you ready for the season. So um, just starting off with a couple of scriptures, uh, I wanted to read Proverbs 25, is 21 to 22. And why I want to read that is because love is not just a little flower you give someone or a little act of kindness, okay? In this season, love is a weapon. Love is going to be your weapon in this season. And Proverbs 25 says, if your enemy is hungry, give him food to eat. And if he's thirsty, give him water. For you will heap burning coals on his head and the Lord will reward you. When I read that, I thought, can you imagine in the heat of battle when there's two um, armies going for it? And uh, imagine you're running up because you know, well, this is what we do on the battleground. We run up towards the, the enemy and, and we begin to fight. But what if in that moment, oh, are you hungry? In the moment of battle, the enemy, oh, I see you're hungry. Would you like something to eat? And you get a bit of a rusk out of your sack. Or would you like a cup of water before you begin to fight me. I mean, that's, 
you think about it like that, that's, it says love your enemies. Okay? So I think that's great. So love is a, is a weapon. The word says love your enemy, bless your persecutors, bless those who persecute you, pray for those who mistreat you. It's a weapon. It's not a little flower. <laughs> it is sometimes. But in this season, love is going to be your weapon. So as we follow after love, I want you to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1. And uh, we're not going to read the entire thing, but the very first line, and there's different translations that say this in different ways. The NIV says, follow the way of love. The New Living Translation says, let love be your highest goal. The ESV says, pursue love. And there's a couple of others that say, earnestly pursue love and follow after charity. So follow the way of love. Let love be your highest goal. Pursue it. Earnestly pursue it. Follow after it. And then in Philippians 3.14, we know the scripture. We don't have to turn there, but we know it where it says, I press on to the mark of the high calling. We know that scripture very well. And in the Passion Translation, it says, I run straight for the divine invitation of reaching the heavenly goal and gaining the victory prize through the anointing of Jesus. So I run straight for the divine invitation. So the word follow in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1, follow the way of love. And then in Philippians, the words press on are the same Greek word. And it means strenuous. So, yes, we rest in God, but there are times when we actually have to just get out of the comfort zone a bit and stretch our muscles and put our front foot forward and actually go after something. And in this hour, God's saying, go after this. Follow it. Follow this way. Pursue it with everything. And it's a strenuous, it's a, it involves effort, okay? Not human effort, so much relying on that, but effort and, and a, a, a good straining, towards something. And, and love requires a conscious and an unconscious effort. So the unconscious effort comes when you're practicing in the conscious. Okay? So human love, which we all experience, even if it's just your cat or your dog that you love, but we all experience love to a degree. But human love is simply not enough to cope with the pressures of daily life. It's not enough. And I don't know about you, but there's this beautiful stripping that's taking place in the believer's life where even the simple things like love, he's, he's starting to <laughs> strip away the old thinking, replace it with his new thinking and the new commandment, which we'll touch on now. And it's, it's bringing out something extremely simple but most powerful in this time. So in our English language, um, love is used to describe romance, affection, compassion, and enjoyment, as well as a relationship with God. Okay, am I right? Love is used for all these different things. We can say, I love chocolate. And I love curry. I love the beach. I love my husband. I love my children. I love the color blue. I love Jesus. 
Can you see how we use the same? And so often, and, and the caution is to, as we use the same word for many things, we've got to be careful because it gets very familiar and slapdash. We're going to dive into something now to grasp hold of true love this morning and put it in its rightful place because it affects everything in our lives once we do this. So it got me thinking that when we truly grasp that love is a person, okay, the world doesn't know this yet, but as believers we know and we've got to remind ourselves that love is not a feeling, and that's not just a little cliche saying, it really is not a feeling, it's a person and his name is Jesus. We realize that everything else, our marriages, our children, our friendships, romance, young love, recreation, the things we enjoy doing, that we love doing, um, even our work. Who loves their work? There's, there are people that love their work. Yes, that's awesome. But all that has to be impacted and full of God in order for it to be authentically true and real. Okay, otherwise we're just going about life like everybody else. But we're not like everybody else. We have, we have responded to the one who loved us first and now have given our love back to him, which is, is unselfish and it's sacrificial and, it, and it, it means I give him everything. So it means I give him my marriage. It means I give him my work. It means I give him my children. It means I give him my holidays. It means I give him my recreation, okay? Because it's, it means nothing if it's not full of him. And I know that we know this in theory, but what a joy and a delight to actually see the power of God and the reality of who he is moving in every facet of our lives, even going to buy the essentials like bread and milk. Do you know what I mean? It, it's, he infiltrates everything. So we know that God is love. Okay, wow, that is such a little a weak cliche because we've used it so much. God is love. Man, he's love. He's, he is the weapon of love. He is the weapon of love for the hour. And, and the only reason for our human existence, catch this this morning, is to contain him. Our reason for existence is to contain love and to be the channels of his love, to be a living love letter, we like to say. Not just the one that we read, but a living letter for people, for the world. So ask yourself this question, do, do others experience the new wine of his love in the new wineskin in my life? Because we have a new wineskin and there's a new love that he's pouring out at this time. Do others experience it? Are those around me reaping from that, drinking from that every day? So love is supreme. I love that word. Reminds me of the Supremes. Okay, who remembers that? Some of you watching may. But love is supreme. It's what's important. Love is important. And I'm, I'm feeling in my own life like there's like that magnetic needle on a compass. Do you know when it goes, because it's, it's getting north, <laughs> and that needle is moving, moving, I can, I can feel something's moving inside of me, and I believe that it's that magnetic needle saying, follow after love, Jane, right now, in this, in this moment now, 
It's inconvenient to you, I know. If this is not something you want to do right now, follow after love. Now, you take that into every area of your life, every single area of your life. Feel that pull. Feel the magnetic pull of His love saying, follow after me. Follow after me. Follow after me. 1 Corinthians 12, 31 says, The way of love is a more excellent way. So if we follow that, we're going the excellent way. There's no right and wrong here if we go the excellent way. And Peter says in 1 Peter 4, verse 8, Above all, that's very important there, above all, that means above all, everything, constantly echo God's intense love for one another. For love will be a canopy over a multitude of sins. That's the Passion Translation. Other, other versions and translations said love covers a multitude of sins. Don't you read that and go, wow, that's awesome. But we, we, we sort of, again, compare, what's the word? Compartmentalize that one. We put it in its, its box that we think that's where it belongs. But God's shaking up stuff and revealing what's true at this time. So, so constantly echoing God's intense love for one another. For one another. Because we haven't seen him yet, yet we love him. But we have seen each other. And that's who we can go after and love. And it's more than baking an apple pie for someone who has offended you. It's, love is more than that. It is that, but it's more than that. Because we can take it onto another level, and that's the season we're in. So baking apple pies for people who've mistreated you, and that is awesome. But now let's take it onto another level. Let's be armed with love as we pray for our government. Because if you just love chocolate and you love so-and-so and you love the word that tells you to pray for your leaders, your, your prayer life is going to be quite shallow. But when you realize what love truly, truly is in this moment, praying for our governments, the governments of the world, that's another level now. And so I'm encouraging you today to increase up the level of your understanding and grasp what true love is because you can, that's the place where you can pray for your government and pray for enemies, etc. It's a weapon of victory and it's above all. That's what it's saying. It's above everything. So... We echo God's love, and that word echo means to keep it, to possess it, and to maintain it. To possess it, we echo it. So we don't just throw it away and pick it up when we feel like we want to love. It's possessing it. It's keeping it. So in John 13, 34 and 35, it's beautiful. This is where Jesus says, I, I give you now a new commandment. Love each other just as much as I have loved you. And it goes on to say that everyone will know that you are my true disciples. So this is a new commandment to love each other as he has loved us. And now everyone else will know that we are his disciples. So in the Old Testament, if you read through Leviticus and Deuteronomy like you do every day, there's an instruction there. It's a commandment to love one another. Okay? So we are instructed there. But now in the new covenant with Jesus, 
Jesus now gives. Isn't that beautiful? He's not instructing. He gives us a new commandment because he gave us his life. So he gives us the new commandment to use his standard of love as the true measurement of love. We use his standard of love, not my experience of love, not my worldly understanding of love, not what guys at school have told me, not what teachers have told me. His standard of true love, that is our measurement to live by. So in a world where every one of us is pressurized to, to be adding things to our lives, to better our lives, to fill our time with things, keep doing good things, um, to be useful, to use the gifts and all that, we, we find ourselves in a situation where it's, there's like a bombarding that's going on and it's a squashing. And I, in all of that, I just hear the simple, of the Holy Spirit's voice saying, just simplify, simplify. There's a little story that I read. There was an artist who was commissioned to design a trademark for a company. Okay, an artist was commissioned to do this. And after some time, he submitted his design and he also submitted a bill of $1,000. So, it might be more these days because this was an old book. So he submitted the design and the bill of $1,000. And so the business person says, uh, he questioned it and said, but that's, that's a really steep price for this plain-looking trademark that you've done. And the artist answered, the charge is for knowing what to leave out. I believe that's a word for, the, for today. As I read it, just I was reading pages of this lovely old book. I love books. And that just stood out to me. It's, uh, the charge that he gave was for knowing what to leave out. And so while in the business of living this life, it is important that we know what to leave out. In this, this is a word for now. It's important to know what to leave out. Things that use up our energy and our time, and we've really just got to get back to the simplicity of concentrating on what's essential and what's important. There's a guy called uh, Charles E. Hummel. Anybody in this room know him? First time I've ever read about him. But you know when we quote things, I was laughing as I was writing it down because, you know, with plagiarism and all of that. So you've got to write who has said this, you know. But I don't know who this guy is. I've never heard of him in my life. But bless him, Lord. And he said this, our greatest danger in life is in permitting the urgent things to crowd out the important. Yeah. It's a danger to permit the urgent things. Just permit it. What's urgent? This is urgent. This is urgent. And it crowds out what's important. So pursuing God's love, okay, following after love, very seldom seems urgent to us. But in this hour, he's, okay. But he says, it's desperately important at this time. It's desperately important to pursue God's love in all of this. So we've all heard of um, the three words of love. And I'm just going to briefly go over them. There's eros, there's phileo, and there's agape. 
And there's another one, storge, which is the same as, very similar to phileo. But eros means um, the expression, a physical expression of love. Okay, we all know these things. But phileo is that expression of companionship and friendship love. And then you get agape or agape, and it's the God kind of love. How many of you heard that? It's the God kind of love. And basically that God kind of love is the unselfish, sacrificial love. And I've always looked at these three words separately and on their own. Okay, eros is for that, phileo is for that, and agape is for the kingdom and believers and how we love one another and love the world. We just love the way God loves. And I've just been challenged a little bit as I just let it sink in. The truth is, agape love is God's love for us and his love in us. And this love, agape love, is what fuels eros love and phileo love. Any attempt at eros and phileo love by our own human attraction and effort is temporal. It's momentary. It fails. How many of you experience that? There's no power or reality in it unless it comes from the foundation of agape love, agape love. It has to come from that first. And it's interesting, I read this note, it's interesting that the word agape or agape is seldom found in classical Greek. You know how we always go back to the Greek to see the root meaning of everything? It's seldom found in the classical Greek because the pagan world was unaware of its power and reality. So it was seldom used. It was, it, they weren't aware of the power and reality of true love. So it was seldom used. They knew the feeling of eros and the feeling of phileo. So they used that a lot in classical Greek. Interesting. So the foundation of this love is God himself. Isn't that beautiful? The bedrock. I love, this is one of my favorite scriptures, 1 Peter 1 verse 8. It says, though you have not seen him, you love him. I love that. I love that so much. Imagine a bride who hasn't ever seen her bridegroom. This is real. Imagine a bride who has never seen her bridegroom, but she can say, I haven't seen him, but I love him. And that's what we have with Christ. And it's the most powerful love because it's not a feely love. It's not moved by attraction. You know, all those things that the world is screaming out at this time. But it's the mystery of pure, 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 unadulterated love. And love eagerly awaits the return of Jesus. And this is it for this hour, I'm telling you now. Love eagerly awaits the return of Jesus. And while it looks, it demonstrates it to others. So while I'm looking and eagerly awaiting the return of our lover Jesus, I'm demonstrating it to others around me. That's the only way that they'll know about him. So... 
I'm very careful about this because it's not a striving and going after it in your, in your own human effort. But there is this gutsy, uh, like militancy in my spirit that wants this. And I, I want to see it in our, in our community. I want to see it in our region here. I want to see it in our nation. I want the bride of Christ to just be bursting and, and pumping with love that the world cannot but, oh my gosh, this, is, this must be Jesus. This is what they've been talking about because now I can see it, you know. But the secret of all the fullness of this love that I'm talking about is the fullness of Holy Spirit. We can't do this in our own human effort. We do not have capacity for it. And, uh, but Holy Spirit, who is living and breathing inside of each and every one of us, he's the one who um, gives us the capacity for this, who, who strengthens us when we feel tired and weak and weary. But in Romans 5.5, 5, Paul told the believers that the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. What? How? By the Holy Spirit who is given to us. So that's the way it's demonstrated. Love is greater 1 Corinthians 13, I think uh, in many marriages and wedding days, this, <laughs> this chapter is read. <laughs> and uh, it's beautiful. And I just want to touch on it. We're not going to read the whole thing. But if you read there, I'm just going to pull out the points there, that love is greater than the ability to speak well. Because you, as you read there, you'll see it. Love is greater than the ability to speak well. I'm so grateful for that. I'm so grateful for that. Love is greater. Then it says, love is greater than prophecy. We read there, love is greater. It's supreme. It's above all. Then it says, love is greater than knowledge. You don't have to know it all to be able to love. Love is greater than knowledge. It says there, love is greater than faith is the next thing it touches on. And you go, oh, no, hold on a minute. But the one thing he's looking for in the earth is faith. You're right. But faith is the foundation on which love builds. Okay, a person needs faith to come to Christ before he knows about his love. Okay, so, but faith without love is nothing. All right. Anyway, going on, love is greater than benevolence, charitable deeds, you can give without loving, but you can't love without giving. You see, love is huge. It's supreme. It's above all. And then the last part of that scripture talks about martyrdom, um, giving up your own life. And it says that love is greater than martyrdom. So love is not a cute, nice fruit of the Spirit to try out every so often. <laughs> okay? It's greater. It's above everything. I read about this guy who was born in about 150 AD. I don't know how to pronounce it. Maybe it's Tertullian. Tertullian? Anybody heard of his name? Tertullian, you know. Hey? So he was born about 150 AD, and he was an on-fire, passionately committed believer and author. He wrote many uh, writings about the gospel about Christianity in his time. And he said this, 
It is our care for the helpless, our practice of loving kindness, that brands us in the eyes of many of our opponents. Look, they say, how they love one another. Look how they are prepared to die for one another. So this is a time when there was a great persecution, and he writes this as he observed how the believers in that time lived. It's, it's just so beautiful. And what I love, some of you may have heard this already, but many early Christians followed a practice of setting aside a room in their home. And, uh, and it was, this room was reserved for people in need. Can you imagine? Every family, every believing family set aside a room for those that were in need. And they called them Christ rooms. So simple, hey? <laughs> You've got to think of a name. Wow, this new movement, having another room. What's, what should we call it? No, Christ rooms. So it's a Christ room in your home. And it was a serious responsibility in the early church. They, that's why he could write about these things. It was serious. People knew about it. That's what you did. And this style of living convinced the Greek and the Roman neighbors in the cities of the reality of Jesus Christ. Not by what they were saying, not by just talking about this, but by the way their, their style of living converted other Greeks and Romans. So this was unusual love. And I love it. I think Izzy Digicini writes that song, There's, this is no ordinary love. Sure, we should have sung that this morning. This is no ordinary love. It's an unusual love. Not a nicely packaged, convenient love. It was a Jesus love that they had for one another. Very messy at times, but real and full of power. And for me and for you this morning, it can be a superpower. I should be talking to the, the kids, the Arrows children today. But it, it can be our superpower if we choose to follow after love. Imagine, what's your superpower? It's love, because I follow after love. It's love, it's love, supreme love. So let's be imitators of true love himself, Jesus. I want to end this morning with reading um, 1 John chapter 4. You can follow with me from verse 7 to 21. I'm going to read it from the Passion. And I hope you don't mind me reading this long passage. But when you read Scripture, when I read this early this morning, I just thought, you can't say it or try and um, describe it any other way other than reading it. So from here we go. So from verse 7 it says, Those who are loved by God, just put yourself there, okay? Those who are loved by God, let his love continually pour from you to one another, because God is love. Everyone who loves is fathered by God and experiences an intimate knowledge of him. The one who doesn't love has yet to know God, for God is love. The light of God's love shined within us when he sent his matchless son into the world so that we might live through him. This is love. He loved us long before we loved him. It was his love, not ours. 
He proved it by sending a son to be the pleasing sacrificial offering to take away our sins. Delightfully, loved ones, if he loved us with such tremendous love, then loving one another should be our way of life. No one has ever gazed upon the fullness of God's splendor. But if we love one another, God makes his permanent home in us, and we make our permanent home in him, and his love is brought to its full expression in us. And he has given us the spirit within us so that we can have the assurance that he lives in us. There we go, the Holy Spirit, and that we live in him. Moreover, we have seen with our own eyes and can testify to the truth that Father God has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. Those who give thanks that Jesus is the Son of God live in God and God lives in them. We have come into an intimate experience with God's love and we trust in the love he has for us. God is love. Those who are living in love are living in God. And God lives through them. By living in God, love has been brought to its full expression in us so that we may fearlessly face the day of judgment because all that Jesus now is, so are we in this world. Love never brings fear, for fear is always related to punishment. But love's perfection drives the fear of punishment far from our hearts. And whoever walks constantly afraid of punishment has not reached love's perfection. And our love for others is our grateful response to the love God first demonstrated to us. Anyone can say, I love God, yet have hatred toward another believer. This makes him a phony, because if you don't love a brother or sister from whom you can see, how can you truly love God whom you can't see? For he has given us this command, Whoever loves God must also demonstrate love to others. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for this love letter that's not just all soft, beautiful poetry, but it's a call to action in this hour. And as I was reading that this morning, and I, I was reminded right now as I was reading that, the fear that comes with this virus, the fear that comes to people who actually get COVID. I just felt the love of God being poured out this morning over every patient, over every person who is perhaps struggling with it right now. I felt the love of God just come and wash away every bit of fear. Because I also felt this morning that there were some who have got this virus that have felt, well, I must have done something wrong or I'm not following God because how come I got it and, and they didn't? And uh, that's just uh, condemnation from the voice of the enemy this morning. And I just, there could be just even one person that hears that, that I just want to give them the opportunity to, to be set free this morning to be set free in love that all fear and all fear of being punished leaves them right now in Jesus name and so Father just as we are in this season with COVID 
it just feels like more and more people that we know are now statistics, are numbers. Father, I pray for them today. I pray for every patient in hospital, at home. And I, at the power of, this, of our voice this morning, I thank you for healing to be released over every single person. The healing love of Jesus. And for all of us, Lord, above all, love supreme, love most important, would you help us to live from this moment on? Every area of our lives would not be rushing around because things have become urgent, but that you'd give us wisdom in this hour, Lord, as we receive your love for every moment to actually determine what is urgent and what is important. And what is important, Lord, is to know you and what is important is to love you and from that bedrock of love from that bedrock of a love relationship with you every other thing springs forth even our gifts even our even things like wisdom we ask for things father at times but we don't have an understanding of the bedrock of love and so, Father, even at the sound of my voice, Lord, I know I have the authority to say this, that agape love, agape love, the love of God and the love of God that is within us, would you come and pour out over us in a new, fresh way, give us new understanding to grasp the unselfish, sacrificial love of God so that we can be this to others, Lord, as we wait your return, that we can demonstrate, Father, that we can be, we can become love, not just speak about it or think about it in our weak understanding, but we can become the powerful reality of the love that you are pouring out in this moment. And so, Father, we just lift our hands wherever we are and we receive the perfect love, the pure love of the kingdom of heaven for everything that we're going through. We just stand, Lord. We just stand. And you come and put on the armor. We get equipped, Lord, for the days that we live in. We get equipped with love. Love first and foremost, Lord. And so, Lord, just, just take what I've said today, Lord. I pray that, and, and the theory that we're so comfortable with that we think we know, Lord, and make it a reality, make it a becoming, make it real for every single one of us, Lord.